you have to constantly be innovating. You have to constantly be listening to what the people are doing, applying it to your business, getting your ego out of the way, and just basically being like, you know what? This is the information I have. It's not going to do anything by itself. I got to take it and run with it. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of houses a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast. This is Bill Allen. And today I have some really good friends of mine from our uh, seven-figure flipping group. And uh, we're also going to be bringing them on stage for the first time in San Diego at Flip Hacking Live. So I know I've been doing this series lately of um, we started with some of the uh, board of directors. Then we went through some of my staff and every, all those people that have been on the podcast with me recently have been speaking at Flip Hacking Live. And now we're bringing on some of the speakers to kind of show you guys a little bit about what we're going to be doing there in San Diego. So um, without further ado, here's uh, Chris and Heather Logan. How are you guys doing? Hey. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Um, hey, I'm really excited to have you guys on the podcast. I've, I know we've been working together in seven figure flipping for probably almost a year now, if not longer. Um, it's really great. Have, you guys are always like just like this, this light at every event that we have. You're always smiling. You're always excited. You always have something up your sleeve that you're doing that everybody's writing down, taking pictures of. You're always, it's just incredible to see kind of the uh, trajectory that you guys are on and what you're doing. So, you know, why don't you guys just tell everybody, they probably don't know who you guys are or, you know, a little bit about yourselves, a little bit of background, and then some about your real estate business. Yeah, sure. So um, Chris Logan and Heather Logan, we're a husband and wife team. We started the company Rise Real Estate Group um, about five years ago. We uh, are a wholesale company. Um, we, we do close on some properties and list them on the MLS doing wholesale, but I would say 95% of our business is wholesale. Um, we, uh, you know, when we joined seven figure flipping, we were looking for a mastermind to really help take our business to the next level. So we can start running it like a company and, um, man, just the, the value has been tremendous and, um, it's really transformed our business. And through that, we've not only learned a lot, we've, we've established some great relationships um, we have even made some significant changes in our business as far as like how we go out and get leads. And a lot of that we're going to be talking about on the, on the call today. So awesome. So take me back a little further. So, uh, you say five years ago, you started the business. So tell me a little bit about like, what were you guys doing before that? What got you into real estate? Why did you do it? Stuff like that. Sure. Sure. So, um, we were both in corporate America. We were working uh, 60 to 70 hours a week, uh, working to help build somebody else's dream. Right. And um, we were both always in sales. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was doing, um, I was a uh, marketing consultant for small to medium sized businesses. We would sell them like online marketing, print marketing, all of that, helping them reach their goals. Um, and and then, then I did IT staffing sales for um, an IT staffing firm. So outside sales, um, meeting with a lot of clientele and getting them to use our staffing services to fill their IT needs. Yeah. So basically, um, sounds super exciting. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys loved it. Static, right? So, was, uh, you know, well, well, so, so we, uh, we read the book, rich dad, poor dad. And then, uh, there was a, a real estate event that came to Tampa. And at the time, Heather and I were dating, we're married now, but we were dating and, and uh, I said, Hey, I don't want to go to this event alone. You want to come with me? So we went, um, we ended up liking what we heard and it just totally blew our mind. And we're like, this is something we want to do. So we took the next step. 
make a long story short, um, there was a, a wholesaling class that we decided to sign up for in Miami. We went to that. And then from there, we just got started. Okay. So is this one of those events that you go to that's like free? It's some celebrity that's like attracting you to go and they, yeah, exactly. so listen, I've never been to one of these events and, and everybody talks about them. So you've been to one, let's talk about it a little bit. So, sure. um, and so it was, you, you didn't know anything about real estate. You had read rich dad, poor dad. You're like, let's check out real estate. It sounds like it could be the path to financial freedom and where we want to go. And so you went to this, what was that event like? Like, so the event was very interesting. So we went to the free event and it was a room probably of about, I don't know, maybe like 200 people or so. Yeah, about. Somewhere in 200 people. Um, they had a speaker there that basically kind of talked about just really, really high level, nothing nitty gritty as far as real estate goes, just that, you know, real estate has been the path of wealth creation for, you know, for, you know, 95% of all millionaires and billionaires out there and just stuff to really kind of spike your interest and give, to, to give you information on a basic level to where you can identify with it and grasp it and say, okay, I can see myself taking the next step. So they made an announcement at the end, basically saying, Hey, you know, for, for those that are, that are interested in pursuing like a career in real estate, um, or would like to learn more about how to create wealth in real estate. Um, there's a table in the back, you know, it's, it's, I think it was like 200 bucks or something like that. Go back and spend three days with us and we'll, we'll, we'll get you started on that path. So we went ahead and did that. Um, and then we went to uh, a three day event that they had mm -hmm. and they talked about a lot of things like leveraging debt, uh, using, you know, increasing limits on your, on your credit cards to, so you can basically leverage that debt into investments. Um, they talked about what it meant to be financially free. We played the game cash flow uh, mm -hmm. by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, and they really just kind of built on a lot of the uh, uh, foundational principles in the book. And that's, that's really what they talked about. And then they also broke down like a lot of the different strategies in real estate. Yeah. Like they, they had a speaker on wholesaling. They had a speaker on um, being a landlord and having rental properties. They had a speaker on you know, multifamily, um, yeah. rehabbing. So it was kind of like a three day event where everybody gave a little pitch or a speech on all the different areas that you can invest and get involved in real estate. Mm -hmm. And then basically at the end of it, after the three days, you know, it was kind of like, okay, based on what you learned here today, Which what, what classes appeal to you? Like, yeah. do you want to do wholesaling? Do you want to do flipping, rehabbing and things like that? So then you kind of talk about it and say, okay, based on what we learned here, like, what do we want to, what do we want to do next? Like what little yeah. class do we want to take to learn like wholesaling? Yeah. So it reminds me of like when I was a kid, the choose your own adventure book. So I don't know yeah, if you guys exactly, exactly. remember those, exactly. but it's kind of like, okay, do you want to go down door A, B, C, or D? So, yeah. so is that the next step? You guys then went to the wholesaling course. You said, okay, wholesaling, identify with that. I want to go to this next step. Or was it a different course that you did? No, is that, so all it took really is for them to break down like on a whiteboard, like how a wholesale deal worked. And I was like, wait, we were like, what? That, that <laughs> let's just go, go take care of it right now. So yep. we wouldn't sign up for that. We went to a, a two or a three day. Event. And so was this thing, is this thing like the next step, like the couple thousand dollar step is the next one? Well, the, the next step was the, the big step. Yeah. I think it was like six grand or something like that for the wholesaling. And so we went okay. to Miami, spent three days there. So you guys did that. You did the next step, like the yeah, six yeah. grand step. Okay. So we're, we can get even like deeper insider access here on the next yeah. step. Okay. So, so then <laughs> yeah. you went to that one and you still had no experience, right? So, no, you're, yeah. so you're like somewhere 6,200 bucks with tra and travel and hotel and stuff or whatever yeah. you guys did. Okay. That's how we learned about wholesaling 101 yep. <laughs> in okay. a classroom. Yeah. Did you guys get what you needed from that to go out and do it or? 
Yeah. So, uh, so looking back on it now, um, I probably, so, so what I will tell you is what we learned is, is the very basics and the foundation of like how a wholesale deal works. Um, the person who was teaching the class, they weren't doing wholesale deals at a high volume like you are or anything like that, or like we are now. Um, they were basically just like, here's the structure of it. Here's how it works. You know, you generate leads or bandit signs, mailers and everything, but they didn't get in the type of mail piece to use. They didn't get into how many you need to send to be able to get deals. So there was just a lot of information that was given that was very helpful that gave us a solid foundation, um, which was valuable because that's obviously why we're where we are. But um, there was a lot of pieces that were missing that if we would go back and do it again, I probably would have we probably would have selected a different source just because we feel we could have had a lot faster of a start with a lot of the questions that we had when we left the class. But at the end of the day, we, we, we took what we learned. We took massive action and um, you know, we made it work. Yeah. It was yeah. Very, very basic, definitely a very basic class. Like yeah. you walked out of there being like, okay, I get what it is and I get the concept, but what about all these other deals details that go along with the transaction, yeah. the paperwork, the numbers just I, you know I get it they can't overwhelm you you know so yeah. I feel like but I guess like I said like I believe everything happens for a reason yeah and I feel like if uh, God felt we needed more detail or more information like it would have been given to yeah. us so I think the path we chose is probably the best yeah and I love that word that you just use path and we're all on a path and like whatever's happened, I, I took Ryan Smith, I did a podcast with him recently and him and I talked a lot about his last four years and the kind of journey he took to get where he is now and all of those steps he needed to be in those places. Looking back and, and same with Tyler Jensen, Tyler Jensen uh, told me that he was making $10 an hour on his first couple flips, but he didn't realize that at the time. And neither yeah. did I, like I had to go through the journey that I went through. And this was part of your story and your journey. Um, yeah. So I think, I think what I look at it kind of, like Heather, like what you said, it's, it's kind of like a puzzle, right? This, this real estate game of if you want to be a wholesaler, you want to be a flipper and you want to run a business, um, you, you can get kind of a lot, some of the puzzle pieces, but then you have these gaps and holes and things like that. You want to be able to grab that piece and, and put it in and understand how to put the puzzle together. What I found, when I look back in the beginning of my journey, I was using a lot of free forums and I was totally against spending money. Like I was like, no chance am I going to spend money on any of this stuff. And I was using books. I, I was so cheap. I would go to the library and just get the library books. And I wouldn't even buy, I still do it, but I still have a library card now. And, um, you know, I, I was reading books. I was on the free forums. I was getting all that information. I felt like I had the, all the puzzle pieces. And I feel like Mike Simmons and I have talked about this when I first joined Seven Figure, but it was like, I just didn't know how to put them together. And I don't know if it's my line or his line, so I don't want to steal it if it's his. But like, I feel like what we're trying to do is just show you how to put it together, put the puzzle together as fast as possible and yeah. not have to wait, you know, three or four years. So, okay. So you've got uh, 6,000 in now. And do you think that you guys are the people like, what, the success rate of that room, do you feel like it was really high or do you feel like it's got to be like high performing, high achieving people like the two of you? I know you guys really well. Uh, you can take that information, run with it, and then go find the answers to all the questions that you had by taking action. I yeah. Say it's probably maybe 5% of the room. If, that if actually, that. There was one guy in there that, that uh, he was on his third or fourth run through the course. And he, I guess he was just scared of taking action. Wow. He had taken, he had actually bought the big, cause you could buy it a la carte or you could yeah. buy the biggest package possible with every, every single class. Estate, yeah. How much was that one? How much was that one? I um, want to I, see at the time it was 35. No, no, no. It was 65 grand, grand for the big one. 65,000. This was four years ago. Yeah, I can't, years ago. Yeah, I can't quite remember if it was, but and yeah. so this, this gentleman will never forget him. He, he bought the package and they let you take the classes as many times as you want over and over again until you feel like you yeah. got everything you need. 
but he, he was so proud. He's like, I've taken every single real estate class they have about five times on <laughs> flipping and rehabbing and wholesaling and being a landlord. And, and it's kind of like analysis by paralysis. Like yeah. I was like, that's so amazing that, you know, you've done that and you're, you've been in these rooms over five times, but what are you going to do with that information? Right? Yeah. So as investors, we talk about that a lot. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't actually take that first step and take massive, massive action, mm -hmm. you will never be in a different position than you are today, three months from now, six months from now, because knowledge is nothing without, you know, action and, and, you know, putting and, it into. And I think that relates to like, no matter where you are in the journey, right? So if like, let's use joining seven figure flipping, for example, right? If we just joined a mastermind, right? Like, it's not like you, you, you join a group of people and then a light switch comes on and then all of a sudden your business turns around without you having to do anything different, right? Like you have to constantly be innovating. You have to constantly be listening to what the people are doing, applying it to your business, getting your ego out of the way and just basically being like, you know what? I got to, this is the information I have. It's not going to do anything by itself. I got to take it and run with it. So I think that applies like exactly what you're saying. Like that applies to like, no matter where you are in the journey, not just getting started. That's the most critical part. Mm -hmm. But even like when you're trying to take your business from, you know, whatever it is. A if hobby. It's, it, yeah. So, so um, like a real actual, to, to a real business. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a big transition there and you have to be committed to that process. Otherwise, it just won't not going to do itself. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, okay, this like, honestly, I just spent the last like 10 minutes because I was genuinely curious about how this how this thing works like what, what do they do and, because you guys are salespeople going into a place with salespeople mm -hmm. and you bought some stuff and it's like yeah. wow like do, these guys are adept in sales and yeah. these they're they're pure salespeople at some of definitely on the early on ones if there's somebody who knows a little bit more it kind of goes that way from what i've heard I, yeah. and granted i've never been to these and these are just kind of things that we get compared to a lot and so i want to I want to see kind of what that looks like. So, but you guys kind of go in there, you, um, in order to take action, you can't just come into seven figure flipping and think it's a magic pill that you're going to swallow that your, your business is, is going to 10 X on its own. Like you've got to, yeah. 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 And so I'll be the first one to tell you, like when I talk to people, it's, and even people inside the, the mastermind group that come in, they're like, Hey, I, like I need, I need this, 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 and this. It's like, no, you got it. It's all right there. Like you've got to figure out how to utilize this, this group to, to make yep. it better. I look at my company when I came in and it's, I just created this giant Frankenstein model. I just took some things from different people's businesses and, yeah. and brought it over to what I was doing and tried it out. Like you said, you got to check your ego at the door and you got to try some stuff and you got to admit that you're, what you're doing is not working. It's not right. And then you got to try some stuff. I had to go spend some money. I had to go spend some time. I had to actually see if it was work in my market and, and adjust it. And I had to watch it. It's not like I could just, you know, $65,000 is ridiculous, but I, I'm not just going to pay my entry fee and just assume I, I look at it like a gym membership. A lot of times, like we, we pay for a gym membership on January 1st. Everybody is, is going to going to the gym for a week or two. And then they sit on the couch for the next two, two months, stop going to the gym and think they're going to get huge. Like wait for all it themselves. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta put in the time, you know, and you gotta put in the, and you gotta be dedicated and committed to it. And if, if that's you, like those are the people that I want to work with. Those are the clients that I want to have in this, in this group. And those are the people I want to have at flip back in life. I want the people who are going to put in the time. Yeah. It's going to cost some money to go to this event. You're going to have to buy a ticket. You're going to have to get a plane ticket. You're going to have to get a hotel room. You're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to be away from your family and be away from your kids. Me too. But, yeah. you know, I do it, I do it four or six times a year and I go to other events too, to make myself better and build up, build up my business. So 
So and I put, I'm putting in the reps, right? I'm going to the gym. So, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of uh, sympathy for the people who uh, sit there and say like, number one, like, is somebody going to just take the time to mentor me for free? I just want free mentorship. Can you just yeah. give me everything that you're doing and uh, just show me what, you know, I don't feel like the, the amount of money that is charged for any of these events or anything that we do is, is unreasonable because the return that we give for the people that put in the time and the effort is there. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, go I'll ahead. One more comment on that. So a big shift that we had too, it's like that, you know, um, you get back in proportion to what you give. Right. So sure. There's people who are like, Oh, I didn't pay for any education. I learned all this stuff on my own and, and, you know, never hired a coach and, and we're like how, how you were when you first started with that. Right. But you know, do you want, the question is, do you want to take the long path? Right. Or do you want to get there faster? And you exchange a monetary amount to get there faster than you could just by learning on your own and to avoid a lot of the mistakes that the person ahead of you has made. Right. Yeah. Had we so, known what we know now, we would have been too many people look at it like that. Yeah. We would have been as, in a high level mastermind much, much sooner. Oh, like yeah. we, we thought we could get there just kind of with doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and going to some events mm -hmm. and we engulfed ourselves in it. No, for, for sure. Definitely did. But the real change came when we were surrounded by like-minded individuals yeah, that absolutely. like had all the knowledge and <laughs> and the skills that we needed and we learned from their mistakes and everyone's just open to growth and change. And like you said, admitting wins and losses and uh, really growing. So that's really when we experienced yeah. big change in our lives and in our business was when we were around just amazing yeah. people. All right. We, I, I don't want to take too long on this and, and make this sound like it's a, a, a giant sales pitch for seven figure oh. flipping. I absolutely love the fact though, like I, when I met you guys and you guys came in, you, you, you guys are some of the hardest working people that I've met. You're intentional about what you do. You're focused on the business. I mean, I've asked you to come in and do some things inside the, inside the group and you're just, you're so focused. You're just like, no, we have a, we have a vision. We have a goal. Um, we're going to get there. And it's a no to everything until we get there. And that's, that's the focus, which I think is incredible. And a lot of people don't have that. So, so, um, so, okay. So you guys went to this, uh, seminar, you guys started wholesaling. Um, was it kind of like right out the gate you were successful? Did you quit your jobs right after that seminar and say, I'm all in or what, what was that kind of path like? And you guys were still dating then. So what, yeah. um, uh, quit real quick, let's go through that. Just kind of the progression of the business and then we'll jump into business now. Sure. Sure. So no, we were not successful right away. Um, from the business, we were kind of learning everything. I think at the beginning we were just putting up bandit signs or something like that. Right. Yeah, we and, at first uh, were putting up bandit signs every single week. That's where it all began. Yeah, and the biggest thing for us was, does this actually work? You know, so we put out the signs, and when we started getting our first calls of people that actually wanted to sell, and it blew our minds because we're like, wait, they're calling a plastic sign on the side of the road, and they are asking, they're they're asking if they can sell their house to us. It was just, it blew my mind. I was mm -hmm. just like, it's just we're like, really it works. Funny. Yeah, so that's it all really the confirmation works. we really needed. Yep. So. For, uh, for uh, a period of time, for I think two years, we basically were hustling and basically doing as much marketing as we could. We started off, you know, we didn't have a large budget in the beginning um, for marketing, so we were doing a lot of free stuff like Craigslist. Uh, we were calling on FISBO sites. We were putting up bandit signs, using bird dogs, all the above. And then once we started getting, you know, we closed our first deal, um, it was like the next one was right around the corner from that. And we just kept taking that money and reinvesting it back into the business and marketing. And we just started gradually scaling up how much we were spending. Um, 
and how, how many deals that we were doing um, from what we were spending. So direct mail was a huge learning curve in the beginning. Uh, it was much, much less competitive and much easier to do three years ago than it mm-hmm. is today. Um, but that's kind of like uh, where we got our start. And we made an important change with that uh, this past year. And we can, we can talk about that too. But that's, that's, okay. that's essentially how it looked. But we had a lot of ups and downs in that process. A lot of times where, you know, we would second guess ourselves. Oh, is this thing going to work? Or, you know, all that. It's just natural stuff that happens when you're trying anything new. You know, your mind tries to talk you out of things when you go through any type of difficulty. But at the end of the day, we were both committed to it and committed to our mission. And we decided that, you know, it was worth it to overcome whatever. A big thing, like I would say that you have to remember too, when you're getting started is I feel like I hear sometimes from a lot of people like, well, I don't have this and I don't have a CRM and I don't have this and I don't have all these things that all of these successful people have in their business. Right. So they kind of like think that in order to even do a deal or have a deal, you have to have all these, (laughs) all these fancy CRMs and, um, you know, all these things that can manage different pieces of it. And I will tell you when we first got started, like we didn't have any of that. We didn't have a CRM. We were using, we didn't have Podio. (laughs) We didn't have CRMs. We had a lead sheet that was paper, right? That we made our series of questions. And that's how it all started. We used lead sheets and we used Excels Mm -hmm. and then um, bandit signs, lead sheets and Excels. And then as we started to grow, we got a a more advanced CRM, you know, and, and things like that. But I will say you definitely don't have to have all of the pieces figured out to at least get started and do your first deal. That's where I Um, see a lot of people making mistake is that instead of focusing on the activity, instead of picking up the phone and calling people, instead of, driving around putting out signs instead of being actively going after deals they're like well, what crm do i use would you use this one or would you use this one and it's like Dude, doesn't just matter go get deals and worry about that stuff later yeah i love that you guys said that because we have you know we have a house swimming formula six-figure flipping we have these more entry-level uh programs and i just i'm i'm making some videos right now i'm trying to you know add some content change some things up uh, update some things and uh, you know creating something myself. And I just did a video about this. It drives me like, it's very early on in, the, in like, if, if you join, you see a video that goes, just goes like, you don't need business cards. You do not need a CRM. You do not need a phone system. Like get Google voice. It's free. Go get a piece of paper. Get it. Yeah. You don't need a web. Yeah. Don't make the perfect website. That's what I did. I started, I made the perfect website. It took me like three months. And yeah. I look, I want everybody to learn from what I did, like I could have sped up the learning curve. Now it was part of my process. I have a problem. I try to do everything myself before I hire it out. I've learned a lot over the last few years. <laughs> You're guilty of that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so you don't need all that stuff. I did my first two flips in my own name. I didn't have an LLC. I had no business. I, I mean, now if so, if you're listening to this, there may be some liability issues and concerns with some of that stuff, but like you can flip houses in your own name you, and yeah. there may be some tax reasons not to do it. There's lots of reasons that we can talk about now, but that was my journey and that's the path I was on. And you don't need all that stuff. Like don't, I, I talked to a guy the other day who's in one of our groups. He's like, I spent three months. I got everything all set up. I had a perfect CRM. I got my team in place. I got all these things. I got to my websites. And I was like, well, so how much, how much market, like how, how much is the phone ringing? How many leads are you getting? Uh, He's like, well, I haven't started yet. I'm getting, re- we're getting ready. We're, we're now perfecting our postcard. And I was just going, dude, it doesn't matter what you say on your postcard. Just have a call to action. Make sure the phone number is right and yeah, send yeah. it out there. Like sometimes people are kind of afraid of that. You know, that's a little bit of the scary part of this is you're putting yourself out there at some point. But initially, you know, my letters had my name on it. It was like, call me. Here's my phone. Like it, I, I put 
in the beginning, I put my personal cell phone and my home address on the cards. <laughs> to get, like, I didn't even know that. I mean, I, yeah, I learned, uh, they, they weren't that upset five years ago. Uh, as they are now, it seems. Yeah, they're much more angry now. It's probably because everybody's sending them stuff and it looks like they're taking pictures of their house from outside on the street. Yeah. And we're definitely getting a lot more invasive. And we're going to talk about that in a second. So, um, so you know, some of the things with that, with that, it's just like, if you're listening to this and you're out there and you want to get started, like the, the biggest thing, like we said, is, is make sure your mindset is right. Make sure you have a little bit of information and knowledge and then go out and take some action. Like that's how you learn. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's, it's not, joining like joining a mastermind or paying for a bunch of coaching in the beginning it, it doesn't have to be that if right. you want to skip the learning curve and and fast forward a little bit and not make a bunch of mistakes it can be a great option but you know if you've got a little bit of money don't go pay for coaching and not have any money for marketing or anything else you do right. like you've got to be able to do something with it like just joining like paying for coaching like if you called me up and said hey i've got enough money to join six figure flipping but then i'm broke then my answer is absolutely not. It's the worst decision that you can make right now. Like right. you've got to be in a position to allow yourself to accept the not. And if, if you've got to make, you know, make, do a deal in the first month to make your second payment, it's not going to work for me either. Like this is not, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It took me over four months to do my first deal. How yeah. long did it take you guys to do your first deal after that? Um, Remember? I, I literally think it took like six or eight months. Within to do our first six deal. months, because yeah. we, from what I remember, we took that in August, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then I think we did our first one in November or and, December. And it was that our first deal was really really funny. Uh, it, we, we we'll put, never forget it. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, for for us, it's like it's different for everybody. Sometimes people will have have a great uh, marketing source right away, and it, it hits. But I always talk about this runway. Like you've got to have this marketing runway. You've got to have a budget. You've got to have a plan for your business. Like this is a business. This is not a get rich quick scheme where you can just send out some mailers. And next thing you know, somebody's going to call and say, Hey, can I give you my house for 50 cents on the dollar? Like I'm ready to sell it to you. Just take it from me. Occasionally you get that, like you hit the gold mine right away. And, uh, you know, and so anyway, let's move on. So you've got, uh, so, okay. So now you guys have, when the next question I want to ask is like, when did you guys get to the point where you knew that you were ready to go all in real estate? So what did that look like for you guys? Yeah. So that was probably, um, I want to say it was probably five. Two years, well, at least two years in, right? Yeah, two, two years in. Um, Heather left her corporate job first. And then I think um, a year later, uh, or, or two years later, I left mine. And um, we were both doing the business full time. I mean, we were doing it full time even while we're at our corporate jobs. Like right when we leave okay. our corporate job, we'd come home and work the rest of the time. Till midnight. Till midnight in our business. And um, so you could say we were working full time from the get go. But um, yeah, so, so it, Heather left her job first and then a year to two years later, I left mine. Yeah. And the big thing that we were trying to do, of course, is what we've seen a lot of people make the mistake of is that you, it, I would never suggest having like a couple grand in the bank or thinking that, Hey, I'm just going to take this leap into wholesaling yeah, or rehabbing yeah. or whatever. Like we had a plan and a strategy to make sure, you know, that we had enough, you know, savings in the bank, you know, um, both of us very strategic with, with that, you know, to have at least, you know, for us, whatever, a year or two, you know, of that, um, to make sure that we had money that we could slowly start reinvesting back into the business. Um, and we took, we, we really made a plan yeah. to say that, okay, we like, we want to be able to leave our corporate jobs in, you know, by this year and how can we go about doing that? And what do we need to have backing us in order to say, Hey, if we have a couple slow months or yeah. if we have some bad months, you know, 
the business isn't going to have to close up shop and we're not going to be suffering, you know, personally. A lot of people don't think about that. And, and we've talked to a lot of people that they're like, you know, I've, I've got a little bit of money and I'm just going to take the leap. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to mm -hmm. go all in and everything like that. But going all in is great. And that's what it takes. But I would say that if you don't have at least a little bit of a plan in place, you mm -hmm. know, some backing behind you, some, you know, things like that. It could make the the start of it very, very difficult. If you're still living at home with your mom and you're young, you're in your 20s or whatever, I mean, that's a totally different story, right? Mm -hmm. And your mom's on board with your dream, go for it, right? Yeah. But, you know, when you're, you're responsible for somebody else or you have um, just lifestyle expenses you know it's it's really important to make sure that you're prepared and you make a decision when you to leave um that you have at least six to 12 months at a minimum of income set aside yeah you, you guys said something that you got this uh, like to to take care of your expenses right so you've got this growth that you want to make inside of a company mm -hmm. and you've got needs uh personally that you have to actually pull money out of the business yeah. uh, to 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 do when you go full-time so mm -hmm. i talked to a lot of people that uh, pay themselves just way too much money like their salary is massive and they're saying like oh I, why can't i grow why can't i grow well heather you said you need to reinvest back in the business so that's what you have to do if you want to grow a business and grow a company you've got to actually reinvest some of the money back in the business i remember i didn't take i had a full-time job when i started i didn't take money out for about a year and a half, two years, it, yeah. even, even my salary, I didn't pay myself a salary. I put it on the books. So it was showing that I was paying myself a salary, but it just stayed in the company as I grew. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was, it gave me the ability to you know, kind of get big a lot faster um, yeah. and have that more exponential growth where if somebody was pulling out $10,000 a month, every month, then, you know, their bank account's always going to be dry. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you, you could do both, but you just got to be really smart. And so when I talk to those people, it's like, do you need $10,000 a month or are you just paying yourself that to pay yourself yeah. that? Like we paid ourselves a little too much in the beginning too, as far as like, cause we were running the business with just us. So we were paying ourselves proportionally to two people being in the business. But as we grew, we realized that, you know, you can't continue to pay yourself like that. And you have to, um, you know, you have to adjust it to make it to where you can continue to push the business forward. The first yeah. year we definitely we the first year itself though we reinvested so much oh, yeah, of it. Yeah, the first year, at least so, the first yeah. year to year and a half yeah. like we reinvested pretty much almost all of it back mm -hmm. into the business because yep. we still had our corporate jobs mm -hmm. so we were trying to just live off of that which was fine um you know and then just keep continue to reinvest and then yeah. You know, once we did leave, you know, we were paying ourselves. But at that time, they, what you pay yourself has to be in direct proportion to also what you're doing in the business, right? Yeah. At that time, we had no employees, mm -hmm. so we were we were doing every single piece of the business. But as you scale and add employees, what you pay yourself percent-wise has to reflect, yeah. you know, hey, I'm, I'm only doing whatever, 30% of the business or 35% or 25% of the business as opposed to, you know, 40, 45% and things like that. So, yeah. So what, what I hear, like guys, if you listen to this, you hear that, that they have a plan, they're running an actual business, even before they were probably like really treating it. Like, like I can just tell every time I interact with you guys, you are thinking about this, like a business, even, you know, three, four years ago, when you just left a seminar, you've done a couple deals. You're like, I want to get out of this. Uh, I want to get out of this job. I've actually really loved this. I always said that too. I always felt like I was working two full-time jobs all the time. Like I would go fly. And then afterwards I had this full-time real estate job that was nights, mornings, and weekends. And I was putting in 40 hours a week or more in both, both of those jobs, really 60 hours for the Navy, sometimes more. And then same thing for real estate. So, um, and that when you're burning the candle at both ends, it can get tough. So, yeah. um, but you guys did it. You kind of uh, busted through that. And then, so what does your business look like now? And so like, what is, what kind of like, 
volume of deals do you guys do? What does that look like? And then what's the separation? Like what, what is your job roles between the two of you and the company? Yeah. So right now I, I think we're going to probably do a little more than 80 deals this year. Um, wow. Somewhere around there, uh, which is a huge jump from where we were. Um, uh, as far as our job roles go, um, you know, if you, anyone has read the book, uh, traction, um, I'm more of the visionary style in the business. Heather's the integrator. So that would be, you know, C CEO, COO type of type of, uh, role. Um, basically, uh, we have, I oversee all the dispositions in the business. Heather oversees all the acquisition side of the business and the operations. Um, I'm also more of the, uh, marketing and planning side of that. Um, and then Heather is more of the operations and systems and processes. Um, that was really important that we split up those two roles um, for that so we weren't like overlapping each other. Uh, we have an acquisition manager right now that is going out and you know calling sellers daily, getting properties under contract for us, handling all of our leads and everything. Um, and Heather was responsible for training him. Uh, do you wanna, that. Now, I don't know if everybody listening to this really, does everybody know, what you want to explain a little bit more about what acquisitions is and what dispositions is? And then, because um, I don't know if everybody listening knows exactly what those yeah, so, are. Yeah, so like I was saying, the acquisition manager is the person who goes out and gets the properties under contract, secures the deals. And um, on the disposition side, that's the person that actually sells the properties. And so that's a role that I'm in right now, but we're actually um, in the process of hiring for that. And then we have a team of uh, six cold callers right now. Okay, cool. So, so Heather, you're pretty much on the uh, like uh, B2C side and uh, like uh, business to customer side uh, for the acquisitions of the properties. So dealing with the more of the homeowner, uh, you know, buying the houses and putting them under contract and, and training those people. And then um, Chris, you're on the side more of the B2B, the disposition side, business to business, selling the contracts after you get them uh, under contract. So working more with yep. the buyers, you know, talking, to, I, that's where I love to be. I like to talk to them about show them what's possible. Hey, if you buy this rental, like what could your, how could your life change? If you don't, you need another flip. Like I know that you've been calling me for, and just get a squeeze an extra thousand or $2,000 out of this buyer. So that's the most fun for me. Um, because I can just make it all kind of logical as opposed sure. to more of the yeah, emotional yeah. side of stuff. So, um, okay. So you guys, uh, 80 deals. That's awesome. I had no idea you guys were doing that kind of volume. And I don't think that we said where you guys are, where you guys are, where you, where do you guys invest? So we're in the uh, Tampa Bay market. Um, and then we also um, have a virtual market, which is uh, Polk County right now. It's kind of the market we're testing. Nice. Nice. So, so making some changes, uh, you guys have, obviously, I know I've been working with you guys for a while. So I kind of have seen your progress on the marketing side and what you guys were doing, but something happened in your business recently and you guys kind of made a change on uh, some of the lead sources. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, at the end of the year, we always review um, our marketing and, and, and where we've been investing our money to see if there's, you know, if, if it continues to make sense to put our dollars there or if there's any other channels that have been really just outproducing some of the others and we can need to shift some things around. So at the end of last year, um, we uh, saw that with direct mail, which was our primary marketing source last year, that it was taking around $7,000 um, to basically produce a deal. Um, with, with direct mail. So um, at that time throughout last year, we were also testing um, cold calling and I started doing it in the very beginning for about six months. And um, I, I was kind of coming up with the processes, talking with Heather, figuring out like what would work best. And we started out calling on bird dog leads. And then I saw we were getting a pretty phenomenal return from that. So after six months, I was like, man, we need to hire this out. 
So we hired three cold callers, and then those, out of those three cold callers, we knew that if we hired three, there was probably only going to be one or two that would stay. So one fell off. We kept two and ran that until the end of the year. So to go back to what we were saying as far as looking where we're at the end of the year, we saw with direct mail we're at 7,000, and with our cold callers, um, we saw that we were averaging – um, I want to say it was uh, 2,500 bucks to, to get a deal. So our margins went from three to one with direct mail to about a seven to one return with cold calling. Okay. So $7 for every dollar you spent exactly. as opposed to $3. So, okay. I want to rewind a little bit. You said that every, at the end of the year, you sit down and you look at the kind of return that you're getting and, and look at the numbers and things like that. So can you dig into that a little bit? Like, what do you guys look at? What is the, what's the important stuff? Um, and I think we're talking to more of the, even, even the people who are doing a couple deals can see this, but definitely the high volume people, this is, you have to have your eye on this all the time. So um, like, what are some of the things that you guys look for in your business uh, from a kind of high level and then as deep as you want to go? Yeah. So basically we look at um, the cost per lead, cost per contract and cost per deal. I mean, you can even get more nitty gritty with it as far as like the cost per appointment and cost per call and things like that. But um, we were mainly looking at cost per lead, cost per contract and cost per deal. Since if you're looking to scale, say, okay, well, hey, you know, I want to do three more deals a month. Well, if your marketing cost is $7,000 per deal, then that means you're going to need to spend an extra $21,000 a month to get those extra three deals. So for the, if cost, it's linear, if it's linear, right? So sometimes linear, some, doesn't work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes what we see is as you, as you uh, grow and scale and get to a point where you've kind of saturated the marketplace a little bit, you start to see those numbers start changing. That's you start going up. So, and the deal volume doesn't follow it. So you got to really watch that as you change, like make a change, let it, let it, it, I look at it like an experiment, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I like science and in science, you got to change like a, a variable, keep everything else constant. And you actually have to let the experiment play out. So yeah. you can't just wait like two weeks later, go, ah, this doesn't work. I quit. And I see that all the time too. It's a big thing that happens and you guys are really good at like watching it. So, you know, okay. So what else? So you got, uh, some, uh, $7,000 on So you look at cost per lead, cost per deal. Uh, what about profit per deal? Do you guys look at that? Like how much are you making on each deal? You must be because you know it's three to one or seven to one. Yeah. So last year um, with direct mail, that was something we also saw shrinking too. We saw our margins start to shrink with our direct mail leads, but our cost per contract was going up. So we were having shrinking margins and um, increasing marketing expenses. So we both looked at that and we said, this is a warning sign. We got to make a move now, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so uh, with direct mail, I believe our... Uh, I, I want to say that our average deal was like 12,000 or something like that. And with cold calling, our average deal was, I want to say $15,000. Mm. So with cold calling, we were able to produce uh, a higher um, average, uh, average, re average profit per deal, but at a much lower marketing cost. So it's really like you're, you're doing significantly better. Yeah. You're like moving on both sides, right? You're driving down. So, I mean, if we want to, if we want to make more money as business owners and put money in our pocket, we either need to reduce expenses or increase profit. Like that's yeah, it. It's, exactly. it's a very simple business uh, when yeah. you look at money and as a business owner, you're either 
decreasing expenses and reducing your overhead, reducing the marketing costs, reducing the spending, or you're figuring out how to squeeze more money out. And I feel like what we're seeing right now in this, in this marketplace is a lot of investors are just trying to figure out how to make more money. So that's what I've seen. We've been able to go at where it does cost us a little bit more to find a deal. And we watch this like a hawk, right? Like every month, every quarter, every quarter we're sitting down as a company and going on an offsite together as a management team and getting together and talking about all of this. And we look at KPIs on a weekly basis. So if our, if there's, numbers start going up and it's not, it doesn't kind of jive with our, like, I got to get my dispositions guy to go make two, three, $4,000 more on a property as our marketing costs go up. So what I've tried, to, what I'm trying to do right now is have my, my chief marketing officer and my sales reps and the whole team focus on the cost of marketing, not just me as an owner. So yeah. what I mean, we talked about, um, on a podcast with Jeremiah where we're building in the marketing costs with our sales reps to how we pay them. So mm -hmm. to do that now, everybody's focused on the marketing costs and how they can drive that down because they're incentivized to do it. And then we're also trying to drive up the numbers on the back end. So yeah, that's, that's to keep the company healthy. If we can that and, and having everybody trying to like steering in the same direction and not just looking like a fat cat business owner trying to line your pockets yeah. and making sure that they feel like they're a part of it and, and they're on board. And I'll tell you, when you roll something like that out to your sales reps, you find out who's in, who's in your corner and who's not. Yeah. Um, so, and that's what I want. We want the team, right? Okay. So you guys went from uh, so from direct mail, did you, you made a shift to cold calling recently? Yeah. So we, we took a big risk and we just totally shut off direct mail in December at the end of last year. Yeah. And so we came out of the gate swinging and we hired 10 cold callers, uh, right off the bat. Right. And, uh, so we had a massive list. We, we, we are a massive team. We went and pulled, I want to say like 50,000 records for skip tracing. And, um, we went ahead and did that and put the team in motion. Um, only to find out that the team that we originally hired, we, we used a call center based in the Philippines and we didn't have that great of success with it. They weren't producing the amount of uh, leads that they said they were, the, the quality of the leads when they would produce leads wasn't great either. And so we just were kind of spinning our wheels. So we had to take fast action because again, this is our only, you know, our core marketing source. So what we did basically is we fired that entire team and we put our heads together and we rehired a cold calling team from scratch and we went up to seven this time. Um, instead of doing 10, we locked down our systems and processes with them and then um, we uh, have always stayed around there. Now we're at six or seven, we're at six people now, we were at seven um, and uh, we, uh, uh, basically we've appointed recently our best cold caller, the guy that we hired in, in the beginning. We made him our team lead. So now mm -hmm. he oversees our entire team. And I've taught him, you know, all of our systems and processes as far as what to look for in the dialer. And now he basically just oversees that entire team, the KPIs. He does weekly training calls with them, everything, and manages that entire team. So how do you find and hire these kind of people? Like I, what I see with cold callers is, um, like I could just imagine if I was doing it, it, it's just, it's the repetitive task. It's over and over. It's getting yelled at on the phone. It's a totally different kind of person and a profile than I have. I, I, frankly, I hate talking on the phone. A lot of people know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you find them kind of pretty much the, the idea behind finding them is the same way that you look for any other candidate for your business. You just have to go where those types of people are applying for jobs or have their resumes listed. Right. So one place is uh, outbounders.com. We use that site to basically find um, uh, cold callers. So that's one source that we have. And it's really neat because you can actually go on there and you can listen to a sample of each person wow. uh, or you um, make a move to hire them on your team. Because what we've noticed is with people that have heavy accents, um, they don't do as well. 
you know, they get hung up on more often. People are really mean to, to them, mm-hmm. which is kind of unfortunate, right? Mm-hmm. But um, people feel like they're being solicited, right? So we, we came to the conclusion that no accent or little to no accents is, is, is good. That's what we want to look for. And, and so what we did with that, which we found helped tremendously, is we, we had this little write-up, essentially, yeah. that after we went through the big flop with the first round, we created this little write-up. We send it to them. We say, hey, can you please record yourself? Every single one of them says yep. the exact same thing. They do the exact same little paragraph. Mm-hmm. Please record yourself and send this back to us. It's first. It's the first part of the inter- interview process. Yeah. So if they don't do that, they're automatically booted out. But yep. each one of them says the same thing. They get the same chance. And we listen to that recording. And then out of those five to ten recordings, we pick mm-hmm. our top three based on yeah. that is the initial First initial piece of it. And that goes into the process for other places we find leads. So that's not our only place we find people for to, to hire for this position. Um, we started out um, looking for people on Indeed. And what we found is Americans, they want more money and they don't work as hard, right? And so we were paying one guy 12 bucks an hour. And we saw our $7 an hour guy was just freaking crushing him, right? And just crushing everybody else. So we're like, okay, forget this. We'd love to keep the opportunity here US-based, but... Unfortunately, you really can't. So we look for the next best thing. People that are expats, people who have lived in the States and now living abroad, Costa Rica, El Salvador, um, Nicaragua, just, you Jamaica. know, Jamaica, um, places that they're, they're accustomed to U.S. culture. That's a really, really big one because mm. if they're not, they don't, un- like, they won't understand sarcasm and they won't understand jokes and things like that. And it's really awkward when the seller makes a really bad joke. Someone in America would be like, ah, it's funny, you know? But a cold caller just is like, so how old is the roof? <laughs> you know, so, so they, people get really defensive like that. So now we, we use uh, that site, we use recruiters, which we found on uh, uh, Upwork. We, we found recruiters, people that locate these people in all these different parts of the world. Um, and, uh, you know, they provide the audio samples and all that. So we, we, we find them in multiple different places. Craigslist is, is great too in other countries. So we've used that as well. So your, your callers are not in a specific area. They're kind of all around right yeah. now. There's different countries. It sounds like, um, they're, they have a good accent. I think it's important that those people, um, you know, in, in the longevity of their job too, is important that people treat them a little bit better. Like that, the way that they're treated on the, on that phone call is probably a direct reflection of your company too and whether they're going to stay with you. We talked about it a little bit with hiring is we're almost like selling to the people that we interview a lot of time about us, like mm-hmm. wanting them to come on board with us. In fact, um, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but we recently uh, hired a, um, a finance controller in my company and we found somebody that we really wanted. Like uh, Nate interviewed her and she's going to come help with this company too. And so Nate, he didn't offer her the job that night. And then he called me and said, Hey, uh, get, get with her. And I said, okay, well, I can't talk to her tonight. I got, uh, you know, my kids and I got so much going on, but I'll talk to her tomorrow morning. And so we set up a time and then she texted me just before the call and said, Hey, um, I'm just, I, I got another opportunity and I took it. And I said, what? Like Nate, Nate said, I would have hired her on the spot. Um, and I said, I, so I texted her back and I said, look, you told, you told us that we're the company that you want to work with. Why did you go somewhere else? And um, it, just so I know. And she said, you know, it's about, it's about the money. Like, I, I think that you guys were in this range and I actually need this for my family. And I said, well, if we're really the company that you want to work with and it's about money, then we should absolutely hop on the call. 
And we did. We talked about the culture. We talked about the job opportunity. We talked about her, her, her goals, her dreams. And I understood her a lot more. And for me, if she's the right person and the right fit for our company, we can pay a little bit more. Like this is just a range that we gave for the right person that, and that does, the, does a good job, then I can pay that. But it has to be justified by their performance, right? So I was able to win her back over. She called the other company and said, hey, um, I'm actually not going to take the job. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and I said, you know, hey, is your husband on board with this? How's the other company going to feel about that? Um, you know, is this definitely what you want to do? And at the end of the call, I said, look, I, I'll what do you need to make? Like, let's talk about it. And we just dug into it and why, and then what do you need to make in the future? And what's the potential here? And, you know, I was really trying, if she was the right fit, which after I talked to her for a while, she was, I've got a seller on us in the company. Like I've got, we have to sell them just as much as they have to sell us. Like we are in a marketplace where jobs are, are prevalent right now. Really? Like you can, they can pick what they want and what they get paid and they'll move around. And I want somebody who's going to stay for a really long time and I'm going to build a relationship with them. So yeah. don't forget that guys, even if you're hiring your first person, like, and even a cold caller, you're hiring a $7 an hour cold caller or whatever you're paying these guys is they got to want to be with you and work with you. And you're going to have to pour into them. And there's a lot of time and effort and energy that's put into these people and a lot of money and a bad hire can cost you your time, uh, all your money. Uh, it's, it's crazy what can happen if, you know, we're really just hiring fast to fill a void as opposed to really finding the right fit. So, so you got people all over. What's, what's the kind of the range that you pay these people? So the range that we've kind of settled in is like around $7 an hour. Um, we pay our, our lead guy who manages the team nine bucks an hour because he's, you know, doing more, he's putting in more time. Uh, we start off all of our people um, at seven bucks an hour and then we pay him a hundred bucks for every lead. They submit the results on a closed deal. And then basically we start them all off at uh, 20 hours a week. And if they do really well with that 20 hours, like they're productive and they're, they're submitting a lot of leads, we, we increase that to 30. But after Heather and I sat down and we looked at the numbers, we found that there's no difference in production in 20 hours and 30 hours because they just get, uh, they're not as motivated in that second 10 as they are in the first 20 hours, you know? So we, we keep everybody at 20 hours now. So how do you track that they're actually like making the calls and working during those 20 hours? Is you have some like software that you track them or a phone system or what? Yeah, great question. So we use two different things, right? So number one, we track their actual physical dial time in the dialer um, that we use, we use Zencall. It's a great dialer and we'll talk more about that at Flip Hacking Live. Um, but uh, the other thing we use is what's called Hubstaff. Now Hubstaff, I don't know if you've ever hired someone on Upwork before, but in Upwork when you hire someone, it takes screenshots of the person doing the work, right? And with Hubstaff, it does the same thing. It takes screenshots and we're actually able to see what they're doing while we're on the calls. So if they're making calls and they're not getting like the best result, my first go-to is to go to look at what they're actually doing while on the calls, mm -hmm. right? And I see the guy's watching a movie or he's playing a game or he's working for another client or something like that. And I put that, we, we, we nip that in the bud real quick. Yeah. We use Hubstaff too with our uh, kind of, we're, we're all virtual all around the US. So um, not necessarily outside the country, but uh, Hubstaff is great. It's kind of clock in, clock out. It shows yep. a kind of time card and we can see the, the timestamps and the pictures of, the, of what they're doing. So, and, and you know, it's helpful. I remember when we brought Hubstaff in, like we actually implemented this with a team that we already had and it's mostly our uh, lead, lead intake folks. Right. And so we implemented it and the people were like, I'm not, that's crazy. Like, uh, no, no chance. I'm not doing that. Um, and so some people like left is the reason for quitting, right? Was the, they're micromanaging me. They're doing all this stuff. The way that I look at it and they don't look at it the same way is you've got, we were using this to make them better. Like you, you're, you're checking on them to see what they're doing to give them some feedback 
to make them better, a better caller, uh, a better opportunity to convert leads, give them the opportunity to make more money by giving them some feedback from somebody who's, who can see what they're doing and go, Hey man. Uh, and, and maybe if they're watching a movie or, or go on with another client, you're, they're getting fired, but there's people where it's just a button clicks. It's watching you know, kind of their flow through the call and what they're doing and where they're going that we can actually help them. It's the yeah. same thing with like recording some of the appointments that we've gone on. So our current sales reps were like, I'm not doing that. Like, and, and then our new people, the coolest thing is once you implement a system and build it out, the new person that comes in, it's part of the job interview. Like it's, yeah. this is your job, like right when you sign up. So you're accepting this job role, this, these, uh, you're accepting the role. You understand what we do as a company and you see it more as a training process. Like the, the sales calls that we record, the, the feedback that we give, the weekly sales trainings, it's like, we're trying to make you more money. Don't you see that? Like I'm trying to make you better. And if personal and professional development is not one of your values, then you're not going to be part of my company. So I agree wholeheartedly on that. Okay. So you guys call them. Uh, so you got the cold callers, you got a dialer. Um, and then it's just, it's just simple calling them up, saying you use a, a specific script or anything like that. Yeah, basically we just call them. We try to keep the script as simple as possible. Um, basically what we do is we call them and say, Hey, you know, I hope I have the right phone number. You know, is this John? Yeah, this is John. Okay. Well, you don't know me and I realize I'm calling you completely out of the blue. Uh, but my name's Chris. Um, I was calling about a property. Um, that I believe you might own on one, two, three main street. And just want to consider, I just want to see if you consider selling or consider if you, you know, make an, or if you consider an offer on that property, right? At that point, they're going to be like, yes, you know, what's your offer at that point? You know, we tell them some benefits about working with our company. Like, you know, they're, we're, we're going to pay cash, you know, um, we're making an as is, uh, an as is offer, right? So they don't have to make any repairs, nothing like that. There's no real estate commissions, all that. Right. And then, um, so we ask them for an offer like that, you know, how much would they take? Right. So we want to get them to say that number. Mm. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, um, you called me, why don't you tell me how much you'd be willing to pay? And we used to give people an offer range. They were buying houses around this time and it was a percentage of this estimate. But what we found is that overseas callers are not the best with percentages in that. <laughs> so, so that was actually kind of a backfiring and they were overqualifying leads. So basically we just take down what the person said, you know, they put it in the form and they submit it. And then um, from there, if they have a, pro if they don't have a, pro if, if they're not interested in selling that property, we ask them if they have any other properties they consider selling and kind of take it down that path. But it's really simple. I mean, a lot of people overcomplicate cold calling or they feel intimidated by picking up the phone and really it's all you're doing and, and people get their mind wrapped around what list should I call and stuff. Guys, it's the same list that you send mail to. If you're going to like, I'm going to send mail to this, great. Skip trace that list and, and pick up the phone and call them and just see if they consider an offer. You know, not everybody's going to say no, not everybody's going to say yes, but it's the same with any other marketing channel we have, you know? Yeah. And a lot of us already have that list, right? You've already bought the list. Yeah, so that, exactly. It, yeah. So, so the process is kind of uh, the same for anything else that you're doing direct mail. You're, you're buying a list, you're you either using equity, absentee owners, owner occupied, all these different filters that you put on the list through list source or wherever you get your list from. And then you take it and then skip trace it. And then you've got all the phone numbers and then you're just loading it up in the dialer and just dialing them and, and using the script to talk to them. That's it. Yep. And using a dialer for the first time can be intimidating because the calls do move very fast. But that's why I always recommend when someone's going to start with a dialer at first, what they do is they basically set it on its lowest setting just to get comfortable. And then once they get comfortable, bump it up a little bit and bump it up a little bit more then bump it up more. And then, um, 
but these guys that you're hiring, they are, they are 100% comfortable working on full speed. And so they know how it works. Mm -hmm. And so it's nothing new to them. So. so you're talking about like the number, like three, three, three line dialer or something like multiple lines at a time. Yeah. The speed, speed of the call. I mean, Zen call can go all the way up to 12 lines per, per, uh, wow. uh, 12, it can dial 12 numbers all at the same time. Mojo, I think can only do a maximum of three. So you can only call yep. three numbers at the same time. Um, and I've seen Zen call get up to like as high as 24. It's dialing 24 numbers at the exact same time and then waiting for that one to pick up. So and what's really awesome about Zen call too is the reporting that you can do. Oh, yeah. So if you really want to have a pulse on what's going on, once you get that team going and stuff, the reporting that you can do in there is pretty incredible. You can know yeah. every single thing about <clears throat> the calls and the, what do you call it? The health of the list? Oh yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of things to look at. Um, whether you're what to see if your guys are being efficient and effective with their time, mm -hmm. the quality, the leads, all that. And, um, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that with flip at flip hacking live. But you know, one thing that I want to bring up too is a big change that we did at the beginning of the year. Um, that has really, really tremendously helped with the direction the cold call team is going is we streamlined our acquisitions process too, because, our acquisitions process, like we, Heather and I have been in sales before. So, you know, we kind of just kind of say similar, but something different every single time. Um, when we would call, when we'd call the cold call leads back to get them under contract, but we really streamlined that with to work on our acquisitions process. Heather has pretty much overseed that whole thing. And that's been a big help. And we've even started closing about 90% of our um, deals over the phone. So that is wow. tremendously helpful. Yeah, we, we, that was a big change we wanted to do at the beginning of this year too. So at first it was kind of last year we were going on all of the appointments or I was going on all the appointments yeah. and then we wanted to be more efficient with our time, possibly going to a virtual market. So mm -hmm. we went to town on mastering, you know, just that process and getting all those scripts in place in our business. The beginning of the year, I would say when we were first getting started with it, it was still about maybe 50, 50. Yeah. And it's really just getting in that mindset that this is the way it's going to be from how it was. So, you know, getting the scripts um, in place that they're the same every single time. And then um, over the, the course of the months and things like that, like Chris said, it's, we're now we're closing about 90% over the phone. Mm -hmm. Barely, rarely do we have to go out. Um, and typically, you know, those, we know what those types of sellers are, you yeah. know, the elderly or, things like that. So I turn on a computer whatever we got to do to get the deal done, we do, but that's been a really awesome thing too, because we're being more strategic with our time yeah. instead of driving an hour there, spending an hour at the appointment, driving an hour home, you can make that many more offers and things like that. So that's been a and that's, cool thing too. And that's helped with our lead volume because right now on a brand new list, we're averaging probably three to 400 leads a month uh, with our cold call team that we have now. And then after several runs through the lead, after several runs through the list, obviously that drops down and then we get down to a basis of like 200. So having, I really recommend if you're going to start cold calling to make sure that your acquisitions process is on lock because you're going to get so many leads that you have to be able to handle those effectively. Otherwise, you know, you're going to, you're going to waste a lot of money, just like with any marketing channels, like direct mail, you can't do that unless, you know, you start really um, being consistent with how you get properties under contract every single time to make sure that you're going to get as high of a return on your investment as possible. So the better you get at sales, it came to us a little bit naturally just because that's what we've done pretty much all our life. Right. But. And having somebody that's very comfortable on the phone, obviously too, in your acquisitions, yeah. because you know, if you get 
let's say each cold caller submitting whatever about 15 leads a day, then it's the acquisition side. They have to be comfortable, confident on the phone and have those scripts to be able to go through those leads mm -hmm. and identify mm -hmm. like it's the funnel, right? You have 200 leads and then it's acquisitions job to go through all yep. those leads to get them down to your top, you know, five, 10% of people that were actually converting either to a realtor referral or to someone that we're making an offer on and, and securing the deal. Yeah. So you have to go through a lot, but it's just like the same thing with direct mail. I mean, you're, you're sending letters out to people who may or may not be interested in selling. We're calling people who may or may not be interested in selling. And then it's just funneling it's it down to those, you know, either you're getting a million calls from people say, remove me from your list if you're sending direct mail or you're just calling all these people to kind of weed through the ones that, um, you know, we call them our hot leads that the motivation yeah. is there, the time frame there, the price is right. And the repairs, you know, but if you're just getting started with cold calling, like you want to start with the motivated list first and then work your way out to the, the more equity stuff, because that's where your low hanging fruit's going to be. And if you're working with a smaller team, you're hiring one or two people definitely want to start there first. Yeah. And you keep the cost down, right? So, you know, you're not having to skip trace a huge list and run these people at $7 an hour for hours and hours every day. So, and I think that's the cool thing about this is, you know, you can use a lot of the techniques that, you know, like I know from pulling lists and, and things like that and going to find these names and addresses of sellers. And then um, it, probably the other key is using a, a good skip tracing service to make sure yeah. that your append rate is really good and, and the contact rate is high on the numbers that you get. So um, I think- Skip tracing service <laughs> known to man. Yeah, so we yeah. can, we've tried every single Good one of them those. that there's possibly out there, so. You guys have tried a lot of them? Yeah, pretty much every, <laughs> every single, single one, one of them. Okay, do you, wanna, do, you, do you wanna say who you guys use now or do you wanna save it or what? Yeah, sure. No, that's that's fine. We could take um, top two or whatever. But actually, we just use pretty much one. Yeah, just just pretty much one right now. Yep. Um, right now, we use uh, Rob Badhorn's company uh, with Lead Fusion for skip tracing. And what we found with skip tracing is it's like this, right? So, um, you know, there's companies that you'll go to that you'll pay the cheapest. And those companies, typically, the data isn't really that great. You get what you pay for, right? And you have companies that you'll pay a premium for. But just because you pay a premium for it doesn't mean spending three times the amount per skip trace or the, the amount for the service for each lead to, to skip tracing at the phone number, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's worth it, right? Because everything breaks down to percentages. So what I would say is based on what we have right now with Rob um, and, and the services that we've looked at out there, he is the best quality and the best, um, the best quality and best price for, for, for what you're going to get. And we've okay. So don't, the cheapest might not always be the great, the greatest. The, it's, it's just like everything else, right? right. Like it, it, you're going to get what you pay for sometimes, but you'd also, you don't necessarily have to pay the Ferrari rates a lot of times. So it's more about the data, the quality, probably a lot of the customer service and things like that too, that you get like uh, the feedback loop that happens. Um, is this person really, um, interested in, in how, how it's going? Are they making innovations inside the company? Uh, or are they just kind of like, Hey, sorry, you only got, I know you paid for hundred percent of these, but only 25. Uh, do you only pay for the numbers that you get or do you pay for all the numbers? Uh, or you the whole size of the list? How does it work? I can't truthfully, I can't remember. <laughs> you just, I just pay, I just pay the bill. He kicks it back. And, um, so I, I can't remember that. Um, but, um, I'll have to find out, but, um, what I can tell you though is uh, piggybacking off what you said. You know, um, when you're just getting started with skip tracing, you don't want to pay the, the 
premium out there. You don't want to look for the cheapest stuff, but you want to find the stuff that, that basically gives you, um, you know, it's, it's, it's middle to higher end of the road, right? So um, we found his data is, is pretty accurate. He has really high append rates all the time. It's like 85, 90%. Um, it's much lower on the uh, motivated list just because these guys, they're hard to track down. You know, they're, the houses are vacant or they don't want to be found, you know? So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's really about just getting a list, skip tracing it and get going, you know? Yep. And I, we can talk about this all day. I, I'm, I'm interested because we don't do it. You know, we don't do it in the company. We do actually use Rob for skip tracing. Uh, and I don't, I honestly don't know the answer to the question either. I was hoping you would. So I yeah. have to ask Nate. Um, but I, I think it's, I think you, I think you pay for the numbers that you get, but I, I'm not going to go on air and say that that's hundred percent accurate. So yeah. I, I do know that, it, I do know that it's really good. Uh, and we've used them too. And I'm, I, I think, like you said, like if you're just getting started, like why not? Like you guys have run through every single different cold calling or skip tracing service or a lot of them. And you just told, you told them who to use. Like this is exactly what we do inside the mastermind group, right? Skip, skip all the other stuff. If you guys have run through a bunch of different companies and landed on one and this is all you do, you guys are the professionals at it. Just use that. Like it's simple. We've pretty much been the only one that we've used since the very beginning of the year. So and we've tried the most expensive. Don't yeah. get us wrong. I mean, we were like, well, maybe there's something out there. They don't that provide makes as a... big of a difference in the in the call. Yeah, yeah. They don't provide as big of a difference, a uh, big enough a difference for it to make sense to pay to, to pay that much more. It's like yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all ROI, right? You guys are just build, building it all in. You don't even know because you're just looking at, hey, I'm making seven to one. If I was making seven dollars for every dollar I spend, I just step on the gas, right? So yeah, it's all about margins, that's for sure. So you gotta know know those and then scale it appropriately. Yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of your guys' time uh, and I appreciate you coming and sharing this, all this stuff with us. So um, can we just, can you guys give just like a quick breakdown of what you're going to be talking about at Flip Packing Live? Is it just going to be cold calling? Do you guys have some plans to talk about some other things? What, what is it going to be? Yeah. So um, mind if I start first? Go ahead. Well, awesome. Yeah. It's mostly going to be cold calling. So the cold calling pros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so basically what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about the shift um, that we had from direct mail to cold calling, you know, we're going to be expanding a little bit more about, you know, why we went all in with this. Um, we're going to be talking in detail about the lists that we, that we, um, uh, that we're calling on, um, you know, how we're cycling those lists. Um, we're going to be talking about the scripts that we use, how we manage our team, like what we look for in people, um, to onboard them, what our hiring process looks like. We're going to talk about all that basically. KPIs, numbers, yeah. health of lists, and everything. What, and what someone else could expect if they left the room, um, if they left that event and immediately went back to implement what we talked about, like realistically speaking, like what they could expect and, um. You know, so, so they'll be they'll be able to leave the, leave flip hacking live and start up a cold calling business in their in their city in their market the next mm -hmm. day if they wanted to. Absolutely. Even okay. if they don't hire a cold calling team, they will literally be able to leave the room. Go and if they're a one man shop and they're just getting started mm -hmm. and they've never done a deal before, you'll be able to leave, go back, pick up the phone, and start getting deals. Even if you yep. don't have a cold calling team yet or you're not at that point, so basic 101 all the way to if you want to hire 10 people when you leave, that's cool too. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about too, like a little bit about acquisitions towards, towards maybe halfway through or towards the end where we talk about, you know, the best practices to convert these leads because these leads are a little bit different than leads you generate from other marketing sources. And so we're going to talk about how we convert those leads and how we're able to do so effectively. Yeah. What that process looks like on the back end side. 
Well, I'm excited to listen to it because I want to turn this uh, switch on in my markets too. So um, I know that we're going to get a lot from it and I know that my, I'm bringing my team there. So my team will be able to watch that and go, okay, we can definitely do this. Cause I, I know what it's going to be like. Like when I talk to you guys, it's, Hey, I want them to leave. Like, I don't want anything held back, you know, talk them through everything that they need. They should be able to go implement it. And I think this is a great, one of the reasons why I wanted you to speak and I wanted Ryan to come speak is this is something I, what I get a lot is I need more leads, I, I, but I don't have a big budget. So this is something if you're a one man show or you can, you know, if you, without paying the hourly person to get on the phones, if you're the ones on the phones in the beginning, this is something that you can do relatively cheap you know, this and the niche list type stuff. This is stuff that is, you're going to spend a lot more time, but the budget can be lower versus some of the other things we're going to be talking about, like online marketing, pay-per-click, stuff like that, that I just did the podcast with Andy McFarlane about that you might need a little bit more money and less time and let the people come to you. So all of these different things, like you can see the focus here is what I feel in the marketplace right now is I need more leads. Like how do I get more leads? The marketing side of things is what people are really like desperate for right now. And they should be, if you're a wholesaler, the first thing that you should be doing, just like we talked about on this podcast is not setting up business cards and your, your perfect company name and perfect website and all that stuff and build out this plan for three months. You should be working about focusing on getting leads, getting leads of sellers and getting leads of buyers. Like that's all you should be doing in the beginning of your wholesaling business. If you're a flipper, same thing leads from sellers and money. Start there. Like that's the start. That's the hot top of the funnel. Go find money, figure out how you're going to finance your flips and find houses, whether it's networking with wholesalers, networking with people, whether it's doing your own marketing, like that's it. That's all you should be focusing on in the beginning. Yep. Get rid of the noise. Like that's yeah, it. So and the cool thing about cold calling is like you said, whether you've never done a deal before in your life and, or you have like everyone's got a phone, right? Everyone's got a computer. Everyone's got internet. I Done. mean, you, everyone's got paper. So all you need really is just a list, right? If you want to keep it super basic, don't overcomplicate. But if, if, if you're at a different stage in your life or your business where, you know, you, you, you have all those different things, the CRMs and the, the, um, the dialer and all that stuff. I mean, there's, there's, it's just keeping it simple in the yep. beginning is what we're getting at. It's, it's very easy to overcomplicate anything. But you can um, scale it to whatever you want, which is amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. If, and, if, and if we were going to start over again, um, I would not have started with direct mail. I would have started with this. And I think I would have loved to see what this could have done like three years ago oh, before yeah. you were just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like if you're doing 80 deals a year, you're doing like six or seven deals a month with this yeah. system right now. And if you're, you know, if you're on a, a lower budget, just getting started, you're probably like, you could probably get a deal or two a month from this and start growing. And that's, that was it for me. Like it was one deal a month for me when I got started. Like I started, I did one, then I did one, then I did two, then I did six, then I did eight. Then I did 12 and it was just like that. That was the kind of growth. So all you need is that one. And the biggest thing that I want people to hear at Flip Hacking Live is we put all these different marketing, uh, I, like people on, on stage that they're experts in, like you guys are going to, the experts on cold calling, you're going to be there speaking about cold calling. We got Ryan Smith's going to be the expert on niche marketing. He's going to be speaking on that and show you how to do it. We've got um, Andy McFarlane, who's, gonna, who's the expert on pay-per-click and uh, SEO and Facebook and stuff. And he's going to be on stage showing you exactly how to do it. So you don't have to do all of these things. Like I want the person to leave and go, Hey, cold calling's for me. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, That's exactly. where my focus is. I'm going to go all in and, or Hey, SEO and Google is what I need right now. I, I'm going to do that myself in house. I think we can do it. I, I got a background in that or Hey, niche. I don't have a lot of money. This niche list stuff sounds exciting. I want to go down to the courthouse and pull a bunch of lists and do all these crazy things and start overlapping things and stuff like that. And I have the tools to do it right now. I'm going to do it. I'm all in. And then you can add on some of these different things. So that's the whole purpose of this event. I want people to be there, see what it's like, see if that's what resonates and, and 
fits in their world and their business because that's it. If you try to do 10 different things, you're going to do, you might do one really well and the other nine are going to cost you more money than the one that's doing really well. I've seen it. Yeah. Believe me. I know that that's the case. So, okay. Come see these guys at Flip Hacking Live. Like uh, Chris and Heather are awesome. They're incredible people. They are some of the people in the group that share the most. And th that's what I love. That I love about our seven-figure group is, you know, everybody is giving back. Like Chris said it on the podcast, like you get in proportion to what you give. And that's, that's not just in business. That's in life. That's in everything that they do. And they are phenomenal human beings. Like just incredible people that I want to have over anytime for dinner. I, I, I would spend weeks with you guys. Like you're, you're just talking like that's, that's the kind of community that we have. That's the kind of people that we have in the, in the group. And, and that's what I, that's who we're bringing. What's that? I said the feelings mutual by the way. Oh, good. Good. I was yeah. like, man, I just, I just invited them to the house and they didn't say anything. Uh, <laughs> So, but you guys just do fun stuff. I mean, come on, you, you, you run a, um, you run a, uh, like a Bible study for entrepreneurs too. Yep. You want to talk about that real quick? Just like a sure. quick couple minutes. Yeah. It's called a biblical leadership for entrepreneurs. And, um, mainly the focus, um, behind the group is to become more kingdom focused on our businesses, really to how to learn to be better stewards of the businesses that God's given us and really how to not only get closer with him, um, but to, also become the leaders that he has called us to be uh, within our business as we're hiring people, as we're interacting with people and just be the best um, uh, and, and how to serve people um, as best we can. So if, if anybody wants to um, get in there, can they just yeah. join? Is it something that you're inviting people into? Can you want to plug it and like sure. get some people yeah, in there? All they have to do is they have to uh, go to Facebook, do a search for groups, and uh, type in biblical leadership for entrepreneurs. Make sure entrepreneurs with the S on the end. And um, they just uh, click join group. We accept them right away, and uh, they're in the group. And we do calls on uh, Tuesdays um, from 10 to 10.30. Just a quick call to get you know your week started off on the right foot, right mindset, um, refresh your, your mind and your heart for what you're about to do for the rest of the, the, rest of the week, and uh, make sure we keep the... Uh, right priorities in the right order. I mean, come on guys, this is awesome stuff. Like you make no money on that. You're do, you do it. And I, I bet like what you do there, it changes who you are and the kind of person and the, it gets your day started. Like you're going to do it anyway and bringing all these people in and letting them share in that is just amazing. So like I see it myself, the more impact that I can make on others, the better I feel, the more I can do the, 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 I just, I don't know. I feel invigorated, rejuvenated. Like after this event, people will go leave flip back in live, go, go do deals, send us an email and say, Hey, like that was an incredible event. I used what Chris and Heather shared on stage to make another $500,000. And like that, we all feel good when that happens. You know, yeah. I just posted in the Facebook recently, Facebook group recently in seven figure that somebody is up for renewal and sent us an email just saying how much they love the new direction of things and what's happening in the group. And like, Honestly, that is, that is like the best feeling that I could possibly get. And all those nights that I was sleeping like three hours a night for three weeks straight, trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. It, it makes, I, I forget all about it. It's gone. Like all the hard work is gone just from one comment. And we talk about gratitude all the time and, and being authentic and stuff like that. And that's what it's all about. So anyway, I love you guys. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys in a couple of weeks. I can't believe I'm going to be on a plane in like less than a month going out to San Diego. I am not ready. 
I'm not ready. Uh, so, uh, but you'll be on stage with us and I, I can't wait. So guys, if you go, if you want to see Chris and Heather, go get your tickets. Any, any of the speakers that we brought on, we're also tonight, um, doing a Facebook live, um, on my, um, my real estate page. So if you go to facebook.com slash Bill Allen REI, uh, this podcast will come out after we do it, but you can check the replay on there. So, and we're also going to show it in our, inside of our uh, like closed flip hacking group, um, how to automate and scale your business. And so um, you guys will be, uh, we'll kind of all be jumping on there, be doing some cool stuff. We talking about a little bit about what we're going to be sharing. And a lot of the speakers are going to be on there. We're just going to hang out for an hour. So if you're on our email list, you'll get the email about that too. But if you want to watch the replay, just go to facebook.com slash Bill Allen REI. And uh, you can check it out there. So, hey guys, uh, fliphackinglive.com, October 10th through the 12th in San Diego. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Uh, I'm pumped. We're, the hotel's almost sold out. The event's almost sold out. So if you don't have a ticket, make sure you go get your ticket and, uh, and get your hotel room at the event because you're going to want to bump into Chris and Heather. They're fun to hang out with. They're always out like all night, living <laughs> it up, partying, having a good time. And uh, so you guys are like social butterflies. So it's really you nice. You like to have a good time. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Guilty as charged. You yeah. should. You guys don't have any kids yet. You need to live it up. It's work-life balance. We believe in we believe in work that. Work hard, gotta and playing hard. Work hard, play hard. Got to have that balance in life. Um, it trickles in and affects every area. So every we, area. Yeah. We try to. We work very hard, but we also enjoy too. So. Yeah. But yeah, I would def. Flip hacking live is going to be amazing. Um, best investment you could make. I mean, come on, like, <laughs> for what the cost of the tickets are yeah. and what you can walk away learning, like, it's just a no-brainer. Like you know, we're going to be staying at one of the most amazing, spectacular hotels in San Diego, right? Right on the, the bay. Yep. And beautiful. That's just a side bonus. That's I mean, just Calif a side bonus. California is amazing, amazing. But I mean, to be able to go and hear speakers too, like, you know, yourself, I mean, totally downplayed it on the call today, but you know, you, you're doing some amazing, amazing things in your business as well. And uh, I'm so thrilled about the new leadership behind the group and to be able to hear, you know, you speak, hear, Jocko willing speak. I mean, come on. I've read the book Extreme Ownership and we're so psyched out of our minds to be speaking. Next yeah, to there's going to be some amazing individuals Andy's doing there. some amazing things. Um, Ryan, just all the speakers. I mean, really exciting to, to go and just the value that you're going to be able to walk away with is just tremendous. The energy alone will change your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the knowledge in itself. I mean, if you take both of those things away, like the yeah. energy plus that knowledge. I and the mean, focus you're going to have to know what focus, you need to do. Yep when you leave is, is great. So. Yep. Uh, I, no doubt about it, but I'll tell you what, if you, if you don't know now, like if you, if you're saying, uh, okay, this is just another sales pitch. This is just like, uh, I'm not going to pay this money. Like you're just not, you just don't get it. Like you're not going to get it. It's, it's fine. Like it's fine. You, you don't have to come, but I'll tell you what, there are going to be like five, six, 700 people in that room that are going to take this and go implement it in their business and it's going to take off. Like if you, th if, even if there's a, like, and you're going, ah, well, I don't know, like maybe I could do this cold calling thing, or maybe I'm just checking out real estate. Maybe, maybe this could be for me. Like, look, we're not, it's, it's not a $65,000 upsell. Like go there, get your ticket, get the value. This is not just a bunch of salespeople on stage. I'll tell you that this is not, this is not professional speakers. These are people that don't know that they shouldn't give away this much stuff. So I say, give away everything. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll come up on stage and give everything that I have. And it's not, uh, we're going to hold things back. So if you don't know now, then this isn't for you. But if you're on the fence and you're like, eh, maybe I'll go, uh, I'm not sure. Like now's the time. Like you got another 
week before the hotel is going to be sold out. You got another couple days before the event's going to be sold out. And uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, if you go, you will be happy. Like there's no doubt about it. Yeah, so, get your room books. <laughs> What's that? Book your room. Book your room. Because if it sells out, you're going to be so frustrated that you waited till the last minute and then you can't get a hotel room and you don't want to. And the hotel's awesome. So yeah. you don't want to be left out. Yeah, I agree. And, and hey, you, I mean, you guys probably know, but our seven, seven and eight figure members are going to dinner with Jocko. So that's going to be awesome. So I can't wait to do that. It's a huge bonus. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait for that. So I'm looking forward to getting my book signed and shake his hand, get a picture, get a, get a nice selfie with Jocko. And, uh, oh, you think you'd be on board with that doing a quick little workout? Uh, you can, I, somebody was talking about, they want to like cage fight with him or something or uh, <laughs> like, they, oh, they, oh, they want to do some judo or something. Yeah. It was like judo with him. So, yeah, we can ask him that. That's a, that's great. I'm sure he'll cover that from stage. All right. Um, okay. Well, look, uh, I, we went way over today, but I just had so much fun hanging out with you guys. I could hang out for another half hour, hour with you, but we'll, we'll save it for San Diego. Yeah. yeah we're excited I to see you in San Diego and see yeah. everybody else. You know, we get super pumped about the events, um, every single time, you know, so we love it. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to sign off. We'll be here all day. Uh, so go to flippackinglive.com, get your tickets. Don't wait. And uh, come see Chris and Heather. And hey, if you guys, if you guys like this podcast, if, if, if there was something in there that, uh, that you really love, like share it with a friend. Like I really want you guys to get out there and, you know, uh, share what we're talking about, share what we're doing. And if we could help somebody benefit them in their business or their personal life or any of that stuff, um, you know, share it with somebody that you, um, that you care about, bring them to Flip Packing Live. Like uh, that's, that's an investment that you can make in somebody else's life and their business. And it's not just, it's not just real estate stuff that we talk about. It's about, it's mindset, it's motivation, it's, it's personal things. You get to see these people that the impact that they're making on the world and, and, and other people and their employees and their staff and the, and the communities and stuff like that. It's just really amazing to see. I really want to make sure that the real estate investor world is not a word is not a bad word. It's a, it's really looked upon with integrity and value. And that's the kind of people that we bring into this community and put on stage. So, all right, go to flippackinglive.com and uh, Chris and Heather, I'll see you guys, I'll see you guys tonight. And then I'll see you guys again in a couple of weeks. So yeah, I can't wait. Thanks for having us on bill we were yep. honored to uh to be, be on your podcast you're the man and yeah. uh, maybe you can tell the maybe you can tell the mike simmons podcast on his or the mike <laughs> simmons story on his podcast all right guys all right had fun with you i'll see you soon okay you bye Thank you for listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast with Bill Allen. If you haven't gotten your tickets to Flip Hacking Live to see our guests live on stage sharing all of their systems and secrets, make sure you go to fliphackinglive.com before tickets are sold out. This is an event you can't miss. We'll see you in San Diego.